advantage of the day. Right. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Defending the Kingdom. It's the Bills and Chiefs. Another early feels like a playoff game rematch of the AFC Championship. Mitch Holtis with your voice of the Chiefs, along with Chiefs reporter Matt McMullen. A reminder, the Defending Kingdom podcast is brought to you by 360 Vodka, Kansas City's hometown vodka, the official vodka of the Chiefs' kingdom. Feels like a playoff game, and it's not that long ago this was an AFC championship matchup. Yeah, I mean, last time we played this team, it was a euphoric night, right? It was at a GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. We punched our ticket to the Super Bowl for a second straight year. Uh, I'll never forget it, and it was so much fun because here was this Bills team coming in that was so good, and they were blowing people out, right? And here were the Chiefs trying to go back to the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs really just executed their will against the Bills for four quarters. Watching highlights of that game uh, earlier today, and what Tyreek Hill was able to do. Remember the little slant route across the middle? He turns it into a 70-yard gain. Travis Kelsey had a huge day in that one. Patrick Mahomes making some crazy throws. Looking forward to hopefully seeing a very similar thing here on Sunday night. Rashad Fenton with a 30-yard interception return. That was kind of fun to see it. And it got a little chippy at the end of that game. I <laughs> uh, actually ran into former Mizzou center Mitch Morse this summer. Yeah. Uh, not saying we work out together, but hey, uh, Mitch is here in the offseason, and he was like, wow, it was getting a little intense towards the end of that game between the Bills and Chiefs. Mitch is, of course, the Buffalo center. By the way, love to hear and uh, get some feedback from all of you about where you listen and uh, watch uh, the Defending the Kingdom. I'm getting a lot of agricultural. Uh, this time of year is very busy, right? People are harvesting soybeans and corn throughout the Chiefs' kingdom, and a lot of our Chiefs' kingdom Farmers are listening uh, to Defending the Kingdom while they're out there in the field, so be careful. Uh, a guy like Greg Reno from Cheney, Kansas, home of the Cardinals, said, yep, uh, you guys keep me entertained. So the more we can do for all of you. Yeah, the more we can do. I have a few here as well. So we have Zachary. He's a diesel mechanic in Springfield, Missouri. Yeah. Um, Preston in Iowa. It's kind of the agricultural yeah. uh, part of Chiefs Kingdom. Um, Raymond in Colorado, so in Broncos country. I mean, a man after my own heart here. I go to Colorado every single year because uh, my wife's from there. And, yeah, it's tough being from Chiefs Kingdom out in Bronco country. But you got to bring your flag, you know, in front of the mountains and oh, yeah. be proud of it, especially nowadays when we've won, what, 11 in a row against the Broncos. So enjoy going out to Colorado. So good for you, Raymond. Keep uh, repping Chiefs Kingdom out there. And then my favorite one from this episode is uh, Tuomas. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Tuomas from Helsinki, Finland. Yes. How about it? We know defending the kingdom is huge in the Scandinavian countries. We love it. <laughs> we're going to have to take the show on the road one of these days. I'm so in. Uh, we'll do it in Finland, uh, Iceland, Sweden. We'll hit them all. Yeah. Uh, Latvia. Norway. Uh, yep. Estonia. <laughs> so we'll be on there. We'll just do a, we'll just do a uh, circuit. Uh, the other thing I want to mention, too, is this is the crucial catch game. Uh, you and I all week long have been doing a lot of features this week, but uh, in a serious note, this is we see all the colors here on the shirt. Uh, and our coaches will be in the, the hoodies this week with Crucial Catch. They all represent these colors. You can just go to your favorite browser and look them up, but these colors represent a different kind of cancer. Cancer has touched everybody listening or watching this, and so it, the Crucial Catch uh, emphasis here is to intercept cancer. Make sure you get screened on a regular basis because this can get close to home. So the NFL does a great job of using their enormous platform to create awareness and to 
to honor people, like salute to service, honoring our military, yep. uh, and then also create awareness for things like cancer research and also getting screened. That's the most important thing that you can do. It's called Crucial Catch because it's about catching these things before they become uh, terminal. And yep. the whole point is there's so many different cancers that if you catch it early, it can save your life, truly. So uh, great um, thing to talk about here, cancer awareness, cancer screening. Uh, it's a very important thing, and uh, Austin, the NFL, does this every single year. Sunday night football stage, here we are. And later in this podcast, we call it friend or foe, you're going to hear from former Bills seven-time Pro Bowler Steve Tasker. But you'll find out he's got one foot in both buckets in this thing because he's really got a lot of ties to the Chiefs' kingdom. But let's jump into this game. The first thing we can tell you, the two most successful AFC teams since the beginning of 2020 are the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. Both Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes at 16 wins in that time span, and here they are again, Sunday Night Football Center stage. A lot of similarities, and when you think about both of these teams, they were both building and building for years. The Chiefs a bit ahead of the Bills in terms of uh, when they started that, uh, but then they finally got their franchise quarterback, plugged him in, and all of a sudden they just went. And the Bills, I mean, look at what they did last year. They're a really solid team on both sides of the ball, and we'll talk about uh, both of those things moving forward here. But with Josh Allen, he's a linchpin that drives the whole thing, and I mean, they're they're that team in the AFC that if you're trying to rank the squads, and I know the national media is down in the Chiefs right now, but we have eyeballs. We know the Chiefs are, in my opinion, still the best team in the AFC. The Bills are trying to be that team. And what do you have to do to be that team? You have to beat the Chiefs. And you know that they're trying whatever they can to beat the Chiefs. But so far, they're 0-2 against Patrick Mahomes. So uh, you know they'll come into this one trying to win, trying to do everything they can to win this one. But for the Chiefs, it's also a great opportunity because we start 1-2 and uh, against, you know, lose two games that the Chiefs probably should have won. You get back on track against Philly with a pretty dominant performance, particularly on offense. And now what a great chance this is for the Chiefs to go out there on prime time on the national stage and remind everyone, hey, we're still here. We're still the Chiefs. The AFC still goes through Kansas City. Uh, it's a great opportunity for the Chiefs on Sunday night. This Bills team, though, appears to look better in 2021 than even the 2020 version that lost the AFC Championship game here earlier this year at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Seemed more balanced. They are wiping people out. If you look at their last 10 games, nine of the last 10 in the regular season, they have won by double digits. They have been dominant. But they're running the ball. They're fifth in the league in rushing this year. You mentioned Josh Allen. They got more weapons on the offensive side. This is a team that has worked very hard in the offseason to even get better. Some have called it uh, much like the Chiefs of 18 to 19. Remember the Chiefs lost the AFC Championship game. People have made that comparison with this Buffalo Bills team of 2021. Yeah, the balance is what really stands out to me. It's been very interesting because on Monday, before we started talking Bills, I just hadn't watched much of the Bills this year, and I was thinking they were like the Bills of last year. And, you know, what I was going to talk to you about was how all they do is throw the football. That's all they do, and they do it with a ton of success. But then I looked at the numbers, and it was like, wait a minute, these are the Buffalo Bills running the football? I mean, they're averaging 145 rushing yards per game, uh, fourth most rushing attempts in the NFL. Now, I wonder if some of that is because of who they played. So if you look at who the Bills have played this year, they've played teams that maybe aren't quite their caliber. Um, and all of these teams, for the most part, except for the Steelers in week one, who they lost to, has had their backup quarterback in. So they've gotten big leads in these games, and I don't know, maybe they're running the football because they have a big lead. But for, whatever, for what it's worth, they still are running the football a lot. Curious what they'll do uh, on Sunday against the Chiefs. But with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, they can certainly run the football. They've proven they can do it, and that's an important thing in this league. The Chiefs are kind of doing that right now, trying to prove they can run the football. And there's no doubt that if the Bills want to run the football, they can. Chiefs cut a break last year because Zach Moss did not play in either game, didn't play in the AFC Championship game and didn't play in the regular season. And Moss, to me, is a Daryl Williams-type back. If you look at him, he's listed at 205. 
but he looks like he runs bigger and harder than that. So to me, that's a really good complementation or complement complementary player to Devin Singletary. But Dawson Knox looks better at tight end. They've moved Reggie Gilliam to fullback. That's helped them a little bit. And then it's not just Stephon Diggs here. He had a big week last week. But other than that, they get some other folks helping here. Emmanuel Sanders is one of them. And you mentioned this earlier in the week. You're wondering how many teams is Emmanuel Sanders suited up six. for against the Chiefs? I went and found it. So Five or six. I have five. Five. That's five. That's right. Can you guess who they are? Yes. Saints, Broncos, Steelers, 49ers, and the Buffalo Bills. Boom. That's all of them. Yeah, so Emmanuel Sanders has been around, it seems like, since the Stone Age. He's been around forever, and he's still a viable player in this league. He can be a deep threat over the top uh, for this Bills offense. And Josh Allen, I mean, he can do a little bit of everything. I mean, he, he looks a lot like Patrick Mahomes when he's out there. I don't think he is Patrick Mahomes, but he has a lot of Patrick Mahomes skills, and he has the receivers to take advantage of that. Uh, he has a huge arm. His completion percentage isn't quite where it was last year, and that was the big storyline from last year is, well, Josh Allen was so good, he's so talented, but he couldn't didn't have a high completion percentage. Well, last year he did. Well, it's a bit lower this year. I think if you watch the tape, he's still a very good quarterback, still making a ton of big plays, and there's been certain circumstances, like a driving rainstorm last week, like it's hard to complete passes in that. Josh Allen's a heck of a quarterback, but two things that have stood out to me are his performance in the red zone and also on third down because that's kind of where his completion percentage is particularly low and in the red zone he's completing 55.9 percent of his passes on third down at 52.8 percent and as good as this Bills offense has been this year they have 21 red zone drives this season that's the most of any team in the NFL uh, they're only they've only found the end zone on 12 of those so they haven't been converting in the red zone I think that's something to watch in this game because why did the Chiefs have so much success defensively against the Bills in the AFC title game last year? Because they held the Bills to, I believe, two of five in the red zone. There was two uh, drives in particular, yep. sandwiching halftime, basically, where the Bills drove inside the Chiefs' 10-yard line, came away with six points combined, allowed the Chiefs to really pull away. Saw the Chiefs' defense look better in the red zone last week against Philly. So hoping for a similar kind of result here in this one. But red zone, I think, will be particularly important. This offense is really good of the Buffalo Bills, but I think there's a few areas you can exploit. Yeah, overall, they're good in third down, third in the league, but 23rd in that red zone category. Now, here's one interesting note, though. They've lost nine – not lost. They've fumbled the ball nine times, the most of any team in the NFL in four weeks, but they've lost only two. <laughs> so it's rolling right back to them. We'll see how that goes. But one of the more intriguing figures when you look at the Bills-Chiefs rivalry down through the years is a guy that has a foot in both buckets here. He built his career with the Buffalo Bills, seven-time Pro Bowler. Some think should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was a Pro Bowl MVP. But most of his ties really are to the Chiefs' kingdom. It is Steve Tasker, a member also of the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame, who can give us real perspective on the Chiefs and Bills. Well, a real treat now on defending the kingdom because we're going to bring a guy in who can give you the lowdown on the Chiefs and Bills coming up for Sunday Night Football a young man who has a foot in both buckets. Now, you may remember him as a seven-time Pro Bowler for the Buffalo Bills. Some think the best special teams player in the history of the league. But you also need to know he was born in my hometown of Smith Center, Kansas. He's in the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame and was a phenom for the Leota High School, Wichita County High School in western Kansas, and the Dodge City Conquistadors. Steve Tasker. And, Steve, it's awesome to have you with us, brother. How you doing, Mitch? Thanks for having me on. It's good to see you. It's great to see you, and it's a blessing anytime I see you in person. So we'll do this one virtually, but what a big game. I mean, these two teams are the two most successful teams uh, in the AFC and really Pro Bowl along with uh, Green Bay since the beginning of 2020. What do you think of this one, seeing it from both sides of the river? 
Well, certainly this is a, you can imagine, you know, how early the Bills circled this game on their schedule. Uh, you know, the AFC championship game last year and, and the way, it, you know, from a Bills perspective, those guys know, I mean, I saw, you can imagine, it's just like you, you watch every snap of the Chiefs over and over again. You've seen their season 2020 season probably three times over, right? So same thing with me and the Bills. And I'll say this, the Bills probably uh, played their least, yeah, they're the, the least like themselves in the AFC championship game that they did for the last two and a half months of the season. They played their best football leading up to it, played some great football. Their worst game in two and a half months was the AFC championship game. And for me, looking from the outside in, the Chiefs had it in neutral for a lot of the season. They were beating teams by one one possession a lot because you didn't even think their heart was in it. You know, the Chiefs, have, let's face it, from anybody who's looking at the NFL, the Chiefs have got a gear nobody else does. And they didn't need it until they, they decided to use it in the AFC championship game. They ended up beating a really good bills team by two touchdowns. Uh, you know, that's, that's what a good team does. The chiefs know when it counts, they turned it on when they needed it and they got it done. The bills, I think learned a lot from that AFC championship game. So, and, and I think they are a better football team, at least a more well-rounded football team this year because of the way their defensive fronts playing, uh, haven't seen their offense click like it did at any point last year. It's, it's looked good at times, but it's, but it's, uh, you know, it hasn't looked the same as it did last year at any point yet this year. They've had moments, but not anything consistent. So I think overall they're a better football team just because of the quality of their defense, but you know, they're going to have to hit on all cylinders to, to win in Kansas city this week. It's interesting. Historically, these two teams, the, you were part of the Bills team that beat the Chiefs in an AFC championship game. You went to four straight Super Bowls. And the next year, the Chiefs had to go to Buffalo to play in the regular season. And you got us again. Uh, you took care of the whole revenge factor. But when I look at this Buffalo team in 2021, Steve, I see a lot more balance. Am I wrong here? Yeah. They seem better exactly. front to back defensively. And they're more balanced run pass. Yeah, they are. Um, no question. Uh, defensively, they are a different, a little bit of a different football team. They, uh, they got a better front front up front. They're better against the run on early downs. They're better and more consistent rushing the passer. They can come with from both edges. Now they can, you know, they're, they're good. Uh, their secondary continues to be as solid as a rock, really good. Uh, both safeties, Poyer and Hyde are extremely good, particularly when they're on the field together. Mike, uh, Tredavious White is still a top flight corner and Levi Wallace once again, he held off all comers to stay quarterback, quarterback number two for their in their defensive backfield. The guys, the guy's great. So they're really good defensively balanced. Even their sub packages are really sharp right now, much better than they were a year ago because of the play of their defensive line. I'm going to ask you one more question. Then we're going to have some fun, but Josh Allen's got to be a guy after your own heart under recruited kind of came out of a relatively small town in California, rural California. Nobody offered him. Then he goes to Wyoming and he blows up. Uh, I love his game. Uh, he just fits right in with all these new age quarterbacks. But where's he at right now? I, I, he's a little bit like Mahomes. He's become really efficient this year. Maybe not the gaudy stats, but very efficient. Yeah, I think what we saw, like like with Pat, in the first year he started in his second year, we came out through 50 touchdowns and like, what, three interceptions or something. It just tore the lid off, right? Yeah. The next year, he only had 26 touchdowns, but he's the pro, he's the Super Bowl MVP. They win the Super Bowl. 
that's kind of what it's going to look like. I think if in a perfect scenario for the bills, that's what it will look like for Josh. He'll have that knockout season. He had 46 touchdowns last year, ran for eight of them. And, you know, he had just had a tre tremendous year. Um, he's still that guy, but teams are making it harder on him. And I think it's going to be more about the rest of the team taking the load off of him and forcing teams to defend all 53 guys rather than Josh. And his, his stats won't look like they did last year, particularly even if they go to the Super Bowl and win it. Josh, he may be the MVP of the Super Bowl if they win it, of course, but his stats aren't may not be like they were last year. Um, and I think the team and Josh have got to get their minds around that. That's, that's what it takes to win a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, Mahomes won the NFL MVP, but the next year he was they win the Super Bowl. And I think that's what it's going to look like. I think both – I think Josh is a little bit like Pat. He had that breakout year, and that's the guy he is. I don't. It's not a one-off. It's not a fluke. He's going to get better and better. And whatever his statistics say, those statistics will reflect what a guy like that would have done in that season because that's who they are, you know. So as tough as teams can make it on them, uh, their stats may get hurt or helped by it. But uh, this is uh, this is a guy that's going to be in that conversation with the elite quarterbacks for uh, for the next foreseeable future. Yeah, it's set up for these guys. Big game though on Sunday night. We're gonna have some fun as we close out here. Now people need to know you don't see forty to nothings in the NFL uh, very often. You might have seen it when Leota be Tribune back when you played. <laughs> All right, my well, neighbor yeah. growing up in Smith County, Kansas, a dude named Scott Panner was your teammate at Dodge City Community College. That's he right. tells me. I was, I was in and I was at Pratt Juco. We still had football then. I was doing the games, and he said, "Dude, you've got to get K State to recruit this kid. He's the fastest guy I've ever seen." I call K State, and they go, "Yeah, we know about him. Try to get him to walk on." I said, "We play him in a couple weeks. You destroyed us." I go, "That's the fastest guy I've ever seen." The only other school I could call was Northwestern. Now, I don't know. You're if the guy. Well, now here's the deal. So Scott Schumann was on the staff there. I don't know if he got yeah. it to Ron Turner. I'm like, okay, you guys see what. All of a sudden, you sign, you lead the Big Ten in kickoff returns from Leota, Kansas. People need to know you're in the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame. You were born in my hometown of Smith Center. You have business interests in Kansas. You're all you're in the Chiefs Kingdom, my friend, and well, my, you become well, a star at Northwestern. I'm, I grew up a Chiefs fan. I'm a huge Chiefs fan with, you know, Hank Stram and, and Willie Lanier, Buck Buchanan, the whole, you know, Kerry Reardon, you know, Ed Podolak. I'm on a football card with Ed Podolak. I mean, so yeah. So yeah, I'm a, my whole family lives in Wichita, you know, yeah. in and around Wichita. My mom and dad are in Winfield. My brothers are in Wichita. They were, you know, they were all up here. I'm, I, you can see I'm in Alaska. Um, they were all up here this last week for a, a wedding here in Alaska. My, my, our daughter uh, got married here in Anchorage. So um yeah, I'm a I'm a Kansas guy. I mean, I'm a Buffalo guy now because I've been lived in Buffalo now longer than I lived in Kansas because of you know because you and I have got so much you know water under the bridge. Uh, it's been that long, but we still you know Kansas is still we consider it our home uh, and go back on a regular basis. My wife and I, you know, she's from Leota. Her older brother, her younger brother, runs the farm out west, uh, and. You know, her other brother's a Delta pilot in, in Atlanta. So those two, me and my wife and her brother and his wife are the only members of our immediate family that do not live in the state. So, yeah, we're Kansas people. My son is 39 years old. It's still one of his prized, he's a coach and teacher. One of his prized possessions is a Steve Tasker jersey I brought back from Buffalo in my Can't first wait. year at the Chiefs in 1994. You can't uh, do better as the voice of the Chiefs than a Steve Tasker jersey. 
I tried to bitch. trade it in. I couldn't get a Jim yeah, Kelly. Right. I couldn't get a. I couldn't get any of that. So I'll take the. You can't. He's get, got you it, dude. Get like a, like a Lenny Dawson jersey or he's an got Otis a Taylor jersey. Eighty nine, man. It's his prized possession. All these. I take an. I'd take an 89 Otis Taylor jersey. That's what I like. He put it on eBay. It's $4. You can get it on eBay no. for $4. So it's a big deal. Steve, thanks for being with us, brother, and uh, spending some of your time. You got real perspective on both these teams. Thanks, man. Mitch, thank you. Yes, sir. Fascinating guy. I've known him for a long time. Was a Northwestern star, Leota, Kansas. Uh, and it, some things should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Well, and what I love about that interview is that you basically revealed to him that you were one of the reasons he ended up at Northwestern. He had no idea, apparently, and you revealed it in that interview. Yep. He, his, his roommate at Dodd City Community College was my neighbor. Now, in rural Kansas, a neighbor's four miles away, <laughs> but my neighbor nonetheless. And a lot of folks that listen to this podcast will know who Scott Panter is. Uh, and Scott goes, you got to get k-state to recruit this guy he's like the fastest guy i've ever seen uh so anyway what a great career steve has fashioned both in uh, football and in broadcasting but he's a businessman and a business <laughs> landowner in the state of kansas and he's in the kansas sports hall of fame really one of the uh, great figures in chief's kingdom history as an opponent all right now you know what your, your t-shirt looks really good against the crucial catch game yep. mine's got a few stains on it throughout the week uh <laughs> Just the way I roll, it's hard to – my wife goes, oh, my God, what would you put on it this this time? You know, it could be buffalo sauce. Yeah. It could be, you know. Not this week. Not this week. All right. <laughs> anyway, Chiefs Kingdom, we're turning to cold water, washing with Tide, uh, because we're calling on you to do the same. It saves money on energy bills, and it's tough enough to tackle NFL stains, but we can do it with cold water washing. So it can handle a little nacho cheese. Yeah, I'll fess up to it buffalo chicken sauce, uh, or whatever else you get on your Arrowhead Red. But best of all, Tide is giving fans the ultimate reason to turn to uh, cold water washing. That is a Talking Chiefs cold washer, a washing machine that reminds you to turn to cold at every turn with the voice of this week's birthday guy, (laughs) Travis Kelsey. Take it from me. Cold can tackle all your stains. It's pretty cool, right? Oh, man, I want a washing machine that Travis Kelsey talking to me. Anyway, it's the, it's the Tide Cold Water Washer. That could be yours. Just take the pledge to turn to cold water and enter for a chance to win it and just go to Tide.com. That makes it pretty easy. But uh, awesome and a really good message there, too, to cold water wash. It'll get all this stuff out, I think. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, this Bills-Chiefs uh, matchup, we talked about the rematch. And I put Steve Tasker, is he a friend or a foe? Well, he's both, I think. Uh, <laughs> but he's got a real appreciation for the Chiefs' kingdom and, of course, built his career uh, with the Buffalo Bills, even though he's a Kansas native. But let's dive into this opportunistic Bills defense. We didn't talk about them before the chat with Steve. Steve got into it some. But this is a team of 11 takeaways in the first four weeks of the season. Seven, season, seven interceptions and four fumble recoveries. This is a takeaway team, and that's how you get blowout wins. Yeah, and 11 takeaways leads the NFL. I mean, they're, they're taking the ball away quite a bit, and all of those takeaways are in their last three games. Didn't have one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, once again, it's against a lot of backup quarterbacks, but they're doing what they need to do against teams that are inferior to them. You're supposed to beat teams that are lesser than you, and they've been doing that and taking the ball away quite a bit. This team has a lot of good players on defense. I mean, it really goes at all three levels, and we'll talk about it, but guys like Tredavious White in that 
that secondary. Then up front, they really have built up their defensive line, kind of like Steve was talking about. That's been an emphasis area. In the second round, they took Boogie Basham out of Wake Forest uh, and then Gregory Rousseau out of the University of Miami uh, with the intent in my mind, if you're trying to be the best team in the AFC, trying to reach the Super Bowl, they're trying to get after Patrick Mahomes. That's why they're drafting these guys. So they really had an emphasis on the defense this year, and they have guys that can rotate in and out uh, along that defensive line. They're creating a lot of pressure. Um, they have the second most pressures in the NFL right now and the uh, best hurry rate right now in the NFL, and they're really not blitzing a whole lot. They blitz about 25% of the time. It's middle of the pack in the league, so they're getting a lot of pressure and taking the ball away quite a bit. They don't have to blitz because they get pressure up front. Now you've got this blend of young guys. You mentioned Rousseau, who I like, and Boogie Basham. But they've also had ascending and improving veteran players. Star Luke DeLele's having, when he's healthy, he's had good uh, work this year. Same with Ed Oliver. And Jerry Hughes has been around forever. He's been an old <laughs> Chiefs thorn in the side. But it's this blend of guys that you see. And then their linebacking core, Matt Milano right now is the highest-rated linebacker in pro football focus. So that gets your attention if he's healthy and ready to go. Missed the regular season game against the Chiefs last year. And then Tremaine Edmonds is already a two-time Pro Bowler. These guys are studs. We know about their secondary. These guys have been around a long time. The Micah Hydes and the you mentioned Ladarius White, or Tredarius White, I should say, and then Jordan Poyer, uh, and then guys blending in like Levi Wallace. This is a for real defense. Two shutouts in the first four games of the year. That has not happened since the 2000 Ravens. And look those guys up if you've forgotten about them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're good. And uh, they lead the NFL in scoring defense and in yards. So they've been taking care of business all year long, creating turnovers, forcing punts, basically creating a best-on-best -best matchup here against the Chiefs offense, which right now is the best offense in football by a number of metrics. So technically not in points per game. That's the Arizona Cardinals. But just about every other metric, the Chiefs are the best offense in football right now. Lead the NFL in yards per play, first downs, passing touchdowns. Uh, it's also the best third-down offense in the NFL. We were talking about this before the show. So the Chiefs' third-down offense right now is historic. Uh, we've never seen – since 1991, when they basically started tracking this stuff, there has never been an offense that's converted third down at a higher clip through four weeks in, since 1991. It's 64%. It's crazy. And on third and six or less, they've converted 21 of 22 attempts. So this is truly a best-on-best -best situation where you have the Bills defense that's shutting people out and creating turnovers, and then the Chiefs offense, which seemingly – can only stop themselves. I mean, it's only been the turnovers that have stalled drives. Defenses have not stopped this team. Uh, it's going to be an incredible showdown between the offense and the defense on Sunday. You mentioned the Arizona Cardinals leading the league in uh, points per game. There's two teams tied for second, Buffalo and Kansas City, <laughs> at 33.5 points uh, per game. But it's interesting to see how the Chiefs will approach this game because last year's games against Buffalo in the regular season, remember, that was that crazy afternoon, felt like the old World Series games. You know, it's a 4 o'clock start, and people were driving home, listen to it. Uh, but the Chiefs in that game, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire ran for 161 yards in that game, and Chiefs amassed rushing yardage. But when the Buffalo Bills in the AFC Championship said, we're not going to let that happen, then Tyreek Hill went crazy in that game. So it's very interesting to see what this game will be like and how Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator of the Bills, plays it. So those two games and how the Chiefs attacked in those two games is the beauty of this offense. And it's what we've been talking about really all week long because we've seen how they played against the Chargers and the Eagles. It was, hey, if you're going to play two deep safeties, you're going to play conservative defenses, you're going to leave 
you know, one or two guys in the box to protect against the run and dare us to run the ball, basically. We're going to run the ball super effectively, and we have this offensive line now, just a whole bunch of beasts in run blocking. There's no doubt about that. They can do it, and they're athletic in the screen game as well. So this team, if you're going to play conservative defensively, they're going to march right down the field. And we saw that against Philly on seven. They had seven possessions total, six touchdowns. The only drive that didn't end in a touchdown was an interception. So this offense can move the ball if you're going to play conservative uh, on defense. And if you decide to blitz or send extra rushers or bring guys in to stop the run, they're going to go over the top and beat you consistently with Tyreek Hill, McCole Harbin, Travis Kelsey, all these guys. Very curious how the Bills choose to play the Chiefs because – there's really no perfect way to stop the Chiefs right now offensively. And again, if the Chiefs can just clean up the turnovers, which they did against Philly, just one turnover, if they can clean up the turnovers, not turn the ball over in big moments, and finish drives, this offense truly can't be stopped right now based on all the different ways they can attack you. You mentioned that crazy third down stat at 64%. hasn't happened since 91. I, I, I've seen something that I've not seen before in my brief 28 years in the National Football League, in 28 drives in the first four games of the season, the Chiefs have one three and out. One yeah. in 28 drives. That's nuts. And then one punt in two weeks. Tommy Towns, at least he's holding like he's making half his money. <laughs> but one punt in two weeks, uh, it's, it's nuts for him. The other thing is right out of the gate. This game right out of the gate. For example, the Chiefs, uh, only Minnesota has more points on a first possession or of a drive. Chiefs have 17. They're the best of the first drive of the second half with 21. The Buffalo Bills have not allowed a point yet on the first drive by an opposing team. So if you think this thing starts when the curtain opens, you're right, because it's a symbol crash from the first second of this game. How excited is NBC about this matchup? I mean, it's crazy. How excited it's, are we? Like, yeah, let's go. No kidding. Seriously. And it's not yeah. just two of the best teams in football going head-to-head -head in primetime. Like you just said, and like I mentioned earlier, it's these teams match up so well where they're both so good at opposite things where something has to give. And you wonder what it's going to be. I'm always going to bet on the Chiefs offense just because I've seen this for years now where they figure out how to, how to attack defenses. And we saw, like we mentioned earlier, how this Chiefs offense attacked the Bills in two different ways last year and found success doing it both ways. I don't think there's truly a way – to slow down the Chiefs' rushing attack and the passing attack at the same time. You have to pick your poison. And again, if the Chiefs don't turn the ball over, they're going to score a bunch of points. So it should be a lot of fun to see how this one plays out. We know this Bills unit is really good defensively, and they've looked really good all year long. I'm curious the health of some guys like Matt Milano. He's on the injury report this week. We'll be watching that one. But the Bills want to beat the Chiefs, too. Oh, and, and the Chiefs, badly. at the same time, like I mentioned at the top, they, they badly want to show that they are the Chiefs and that, yeah, we're 2-2 two and two right now, but – if a few other things had gone differently, we would be undefeated going into this game. So there's a lot on the line for both teams, more on the line than you, you normally find in a, a Week 5 matchup, that's for sure. But, Matt, we'll close this way. I love the past, present, future of this game. The best games are past, present, future. The past, these two teams met for the AFL championship <laughs> back to go to Super Bowl One, and the Chiefs won at the old brick pile of War Memorial Stadium. Lenny Dawson st still talks about that game. And you know when you mention the Buffalo Bills, like Bobby Bell, and they get fidgety, right, talking about them <laughs> because of the past. The present, we know what this means. And the future, again, if the Chiefs can win this game and go to 3-2 and two and tie these guys at 3-2, and two, the universe looks way different it does. on Monday morning. It does, and that's how the national narratives, they always are spun based on the result of the games, not necessarily what happened in the games or the context. It's all about what happened with the end result, and we don't really care what the national media has to say. I assure you that the locker room doesn't care what the national media has to say, but if you just want to remind everybody right away in, here in week five that the Chiefs 
didn't go anywhere. I'm not going to say they're back because they didn't go anywhere. The Chiefs are still here. Uh, you could have a dominating win over Buffalo. That would certainly go a long way uh, in showing everyone that the Chiefs are still a force to be reckoned with. So it's a rematch. Friend or foe, Steve Tasker. We know this. There will be 73,000 friends uh, at the game at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Thanks again to the folks at 360 Vodka. Uh, help sponsor the Defending the Kingdom podcast. Wherever you're listening or watching, we appreciate it. Spend our big fans in Scandinavia. Hang in there, man. Let's do it. Uh, so he's Matt McMullen. I'm Mitchell's voice of the Chiefs. Let's go. Another big game and another Sunday night football contest. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead.